Good evening. Have a seat. It is so awesome to be with you guys. You guys are our heroes. You are on the front lines. King of Kings. We love you. Uh, we've become extended family with you. We've sent some people to join and start partnering with you. I got the official Pastor King of Kings haircut. Uh, so, Pastor Chad, Pastor Daniel, I was just with Pastor Oded. I don't know what's wrong with Pastor Mike. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's time for him to, to do this. But um, it, it, is a, it is a joy to be with you guys in Jerusalem. And let me just introduce uh, a little about us. I lead a church in, in San Diego, California. Here's my family right here. I think, I think we have a picture. And um, so here's, here are uh, my, my four children. And I stress four children because seriously, every time I show this, people go, you have five kids? And I go, no, that's my wife. I'm not a single dad. Um, so people seriously do that. A woman did that to me on the plane. She's kind of, if you've seen Lord of the Rings, she's like Elven. She doesn't age. I'm like Gandalf. I just keep getting older and, and older. So, so uh, they, they were with me last time. We love being here with you. And, and just to give you a, a snippet into my life, we've been going to the nations for, for 25 years but people kept challenging me, you need a, a heart for Israel. You need a heart for Israel. And I just didn't get it. Maybe some of you were like me. And um, maybe my heart was a little hardened. And I finally told the Lord because so many people kept challenging me. And I'd love to tell you the whole story. Maybe I'll tell you at some other time. But I told the Lord, God, if, if you want me to have a heart for Israel, for your your people, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people, then you need to take me there. And it wasn't long after I said that, I get a call from my assistant, and she goes, you just received a, a massive donation for, your, for travel, and I still didn't get it. And I thought, well, that's awesome. I wonder, you know, I wonder where I'll go. I'm on the same, I'm, I'm out walking, spending time with God. Within an hour, I get a call and an invitation to go to Israel. And, and we ended up here in the land, and I want to just tell you, I cried through the land. I, I, I got on Mount Carmel. I started crying. I was out on the Sea of Galilee. God was reaffir re reaffirming my calling to do what we do. I was crying. Then I came to Jerusalem, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You're called to the restoration of Israel. Didn't even know what it meant. And that day, someone puts a, 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 something in my hands that just starts talking about the restoration of Israel. So we've been on a journey. And I tell you, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful journey. So we're like your cousins from afar, King of Kings. If you're Minas Tirith, you know, the center of things, we're the riders of Rohan, like the scrappy. Some of you guys don't have a clue what I'm talking about. I'm kind of a Lord of the Rings junkie. So, so but, to, but tonight, what I want to talk to you about is something that applies to all of us, and that is God's ravished heart for the lost. Do you know that God has a ravished heart for the lost? I want to start with a story that really started helping me understand this, wrap my mind around it, because I, I, I didn't grow up like this. We were in Mexico. I was leading a, a, large, a large mission trip into into Tijuana, Mexico, 
It's right across the border, and I take my whole family wherever we go. And so we came into a park, and, and we, we call this park affectionately Gang Park. So maybe that'll give you an understanding. It's not a safe park. It's where gangs go. You actually see drug paraphernalia on the ground. It's got a skate park in it. It's, it's a very dangerous place. And, and so what we do, though, is we love to go to the dark places with the light of Yeshua. And so we, we came into this park, and, and we start with some music, and we're banging on drums, and so a crowd gathers around, and then we do a drama. We do a drama depicting the life of Yeshua, and, and so people start gathering around, and so there's probably a hundred people gathered around our, our team. We're broken into little teams. And so we do the drama, and I look behind me, and there is Stephanie, my wife, and, and my children were much younger then. They were eight, six, four, and two. So there's my eight-year-old daughter, Hallie, and my six-year-old son, Hudson, my four-year-old son, Joshua, and then my two-year-old, John Mark. Remember that name, John Mark. So after the drama, I get out and I share the gospel. And it's just amazing because as I share, all these gang members that look so hardened, they're gathered around, they're listening, and then I invite them to receive Yeshua, and so many hands go up. And you're just amazed by this. And, and seeing our, our, our team breaks out, and they're, they're praying with these different ones, and, and I'm so excited. And I turn around because I'm going to walk back and stand with my family. And there is Stephanie, and there's my eight-year-old Hallie, and there's my six-year-old Hudson, and there's my four-year-old Joshua, and my two-year-old's missing. And my heart skips a beat. And I run to Stephanie. I say, where's John Mark? And she didn't notice that he was gone. Now, there's a playground right near where we were standing. So I think, well, certainly he just walked off to the playground. And he's playing on it. So I start running around the playground. And I'm asking everyone, have you seen a two-year-old? Have you seen my son, John Mark? He's not on the playground. So then I run back to my team. And I'm actually interrupting their conversations because I'm saying, have you seen my two-year-old son, John Mark? Have you seen my two-year-old son? No, no, we haven't. We haven't. At this time, the tears start pouring down my eyes. I've never been so scared in my life. And so I take off running. This park was about one city block. So I run the west side of the park and I'm yelling at the top of my voice, John Mark, John Mark, and I don't see him. I run the north side of the park, John Mark, John Mark. I'm stopping anyone I, I see, have you seen my son? No, I, I run the east side of the park. I still don't see John Mark. By that time, I actually feel physical pain in my heart. And I have this thought, my whole life has changed. I will never leave Mexico. I will never go back to the United States. I will knock on every door. I will walk every street. I will never, still emotional now, I will never give up until I find my lost son. I come around to the last side of the park and I run the whole length and still no son. And I get to the end and I put down my head and I just start crying. And I look up to heaven and I say, oh God, why? Why can't you bring back my son? Can't you bring back my son? And at that moment I look, and across the way, out of a store, now you remember, I'm from California, comes this goofy, long, blonde-haired surfer guy with my son on his shoulder, who had taken him to get some candy. 
My heart at that moment, it was the greatest relief I've ever felt. I run across the street, I grab my son, I'm holding him, I'm kissing him, John Mark, John Mark, John Mark. I look at the guy, I say, thank you. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> I'm walking back into the park, and it was like the Spirit started speaking to me, son, that is what my heart feels for my lost children. That's what my heart feels for my lost children. I wonder, have you ever felt God's broken heart for the lost? You see, I, 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 didn't, I didn't grow up that way. I, I didn't grow up with a heart actually loving the lost. I want you to look at the scripture with me. We're gonna look at a very familiar text, John chapter 15. And it starts this way. Now the tax collectors and sinners, can you say sinners? Were all gathering around to hear him. Who were they gathered around? They were gathered around Yeshua. And so my question is, how, how many of us have sinners gathered around just wanting to hear us? So you, you gotta understand a little of my background. Um, I grew up in a church. I, I, I was a, a Christian from the time I popped out. Of, like, I think I was probably in a church the week I was born. Like, I, I grew up in Texas, so it's the, like the Bible Belt. And I grew up in like central Texas, so it's like the buckle of the Bible Belt. And so I, I, like, I didn't know any Christians that, that had the loss, that had sinners gather around. I mean, certainly. And, and, and so just to, for you to understand a little more about me, it was, my upbringing was very religious. And so I didn't actually like it. Like we, we were the frozen chosen. I would have judged all of you for the way you were just worshiping. Like if you raise, you didn't raise, you only raise your hand if you had a question in church. Okay. And, and I mean, some of you were dancing around right? I, I would have thought you were from the devil. And so we were very, we were very religious. And so I didn't like it. And so when I, what, what I wanted, I, I saw the party people. I saw like growing up, I saw beer commercials and they looked so fun. <laughs> like people dancing and smiling at the, at, at, when I went to church, it was like people were sucking on lemons. And then we sat in pews and like, who thought of that name, Pew? Like, that's what you say when something stinks. And, and, and so I, I, I literally, so people said, like, you need to go out and share your faith. And so literally, I, I saw it. I, well, let me just tell you, because I, I, I didn't like what they were doing, the Christians were doing, I didn't act like a Christian, but because I actually had, had given my life to Yeshua and I was truly saved, I was, I, I, I was convicted. So here's the thing, I was a horrible Christian. I was a horrible partier. That's a miserable place to be. I wasn't good at either one of them. And so then, then people said, you need to share your faith and, and, and I, I saw, Zach, this is my friend, Zach. Can you, can you just stand right here? I, I, I literally, um, th th does anyone have an actual, can I have your written word? That's amazing. Someone actually has a paper Bible in here. Um, I literally saw this as my job. So can you just kind of, yeah. Um, 
you know, someone's out having fun in the world. I literally thought my job was to go, cut it out. Stop having so much fun. Come and sit in my pew. <laughs> now, thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Can we give him a hand? Um, who, but who wants to do that? Like, who, who, wants to have, who wants to be the party pooper, right? We have one right there. Uh, let's, let's jump into to verse 2. Um, but the Pharisees and the teacher of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners. I'm sure that's how they talked. And eats with them. Then Yeshua told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully, say joyfully, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Think of how mind-boggling this was to the religious people, to the Pharisees. You're like, wait, you're kidding me. You're saying there's rejoicing over a, a, a partier, over a, a prostitute, over a, a drunkard? Like the, 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 the father's rejoicing and this started to started to affect me as I read this like wait in John 15 every time they find a lost thing like this widow finds lost coins and she all of a sudden calls her friends like have you ever stuck your hand in your couch and you found like a, a coin was the next thing you did you called someone and you're like hey you gotta come over <laughs> Right, but, but every time something's lost, is found, all of a sudden there's this great rejoicing. All of a sudden I started going like, wow, like Yeshua paints a portrait of our father of Abba as a partying God, like a partying God. And I, I know when I say that, some of you are like, oh, you just went too far. Like, don't say that. No, not a partying God. No, um, I actually want to prove this to you. But, but first, let me just tell you, I started getting this in my heart. And, and, and God started breaking my heart for the lost around me because I just always huddled in my, my little believer group once I started actually trying to follow him because I was like, I don't want to get contaminated. Like, bad company corrupts good character. And, like, they could, like, get some of their sin on me and, like, ooh, let's get away, right? And so this happened to me in the end of college. And I said, well, what if I actually started focusing on meeting friends, being friends with the lost? So instead of going into classes and looking for my friends, I would look for people who looked lost. I remember sitting in neuroscience class and there was this one girl who was just always talking about partying. And so I was like, I'm not gonna study with my friends, I'm gonna study with her and a couple of other guys. And I remember befriending them. She was talking about living with her boyfriend and the parties that she was going to at, at night. And, and I, would just, I was just kind, I was just loving. And one day I started talking to her about Yeshua and, and I said, do you have a Bible? And she says, no. And I said, could, could, I, could I give you one? And she goes, yeah. And I said, would you read it? She goes, yeah. I'm thinking, this is, this is amazing. So I'm thinking, okay, what do I have her read? And I'm like, ooh, I've got it. John chapter one, two, and three. She was smart, so I knew that she could read three chapters. 
Because I was thinking, okay, in the beginning was the word like she's going to see God created all things. It's not like science, Big Bang, like there's a God. And then we're going to get to John chapter 3, right? And it's going to be so for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And then it's going to just get her, right? I don't, you know, that's like, that was Thursday night. Um, get her. And, um, and so I, I give her the scriptures, and we get together again for a study group, and I say, Sarah, did you read? And she goes, yeah, I did. And I'm like, I'm thinking, this is it. And I go, what did you think? She goes, it was amazing. And I'm like, yes. I go, so what specifically touched you? She goes, John chapter 2. I'm like, interesting. She, she said, Jesus went to a wedding. I'm like, yeah. And she goes, Jesus partied with his mother. And I'm like, no, no. Like, out of all, like, John 1, word became flesh. John 3, salvation, spirit. Jesus partied with his mother? No. I'm walking home that night, and all of a sudden it hit me. Yeshua? You did it again. You did it again. You jumped into a lost person's world. You made yourself relatable. You made yourself loving and accepting and approachable. And now she's totally interested in you. And so I had an idea. The next time I saw her, I said, Sarah, you remember what you read? She goes, yeah. You remember how you were so impacted by him going to a party? She said, yeah. I said, we have this thing um, that's like a party called a community group. <laughs> and I, I want you to invite you. We have food and we, we play some games and then we open the scriptures. I think you'd love it. She's like, okay. She comes. And I can tell like, our people just wrap around her because that's what we do, right? Like we're the people that have unconditional love. And so we surround her and she's having fun. And then at the end, she breaks off with some, some women and she pours out her life. And by the end, she receives Yeshua as her savior. Wow. This is a person that, that we would have never expected. This is a person I would have never hung out with until I started seeing this in scripture. Let's keep going, because I, I, I'm hoping this, this like starts rewiring our, our, our minds about how we see sharing the good news, sharing the gospel. So go back one chapter really quickly to Luke 14. So look at Luke 14 with me. And this is how Yeshua is setting the stage for Luke 15, and this is how he's explaining the kingdom of God is like. And I wonder if this is how you and I see the kingdom of God. Listen to this story. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Yeshua, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Yeshua replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and an invited many Yes. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. So who, who is Yeshua saying is the banquet thrower? God, 
Abba, Father. Who are the, who are the servants? Us. So watch this. Come, for everything is ready. But they all began to make excuses. The first said, I just bought a field, and I must go and see it. They must have been from Texas. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, go out quickly into the streets and alleys. Who's in the alleys, right? Who, Who hangs out in alleys? Right, the drunkards, the whole, I mean, we, we, we as good, respectable people, we try not to go down alleys, right? <laughs> go into the streets and the alleys, right? And bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. I mean, these would have been the people that the Pharisees, the religious people are saying, they're cursed, they're messed up. And, and Yeshua is saying, no, these are the very people the Father is saying, go to Sir, the servant said, what you've ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. The father is a party thrower. And we are party invitation passer outers. (laughs) That's your role. And do you know how much that will change your, your, your view of, of sharing the gospel, if you get this and you stop thinking, oh, I'm gonna ruin people's fun. I just gotta go bash them on the head. I gotta tell them to come and sit in my pew. You're, but I mean, who didn't like when you went to school as a kid and you were the one with the party invitations? And you're like, oh man, my, my family's taking everyone to Disney World. I mean, who doesn't wanna be that kid's friend? We got to change our way of thinking. So, so let, me, let, me, let me just say, point number one, Yeshua loves sinners. Yeshua loves sinners. Yeshua loves the lost. Point number two is the kingdom is depicted as a party and we're sent out to pass out party invitations. Luke 15, 11. Let's go into this last story, the night. Yeshua continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Is Mike, Pastor Mike, is it, are you still in here? Can you, is there any way you could come up here? I just, are you running something back there? You're always doing something for the Lord, this guy. I need a prodigal, basically. So I need a young prodigal son. Um, so I just, you kind of stuck out to me. So the young son comes up to the old father, and he's a punk, right? And, and he just says, give me my share of the estate. Give me my share of the estate. And, and yeah, that, you, you sound like you've done that before. <laughs> this guy's up. And, and, and so what is he saying? He's saying, father, I'd rather you be dead. I'd just rather have your money. And so what happens? So he 
divided his property. I mean, the, the generosity of the father. He divided his property between them. And not long after that, the young son got together all he had and set off for a distant country. Maybe you can go down to there, maybe to these, these, this crew right here. Listen to this. After he, oh, no, no, you've got to stand up. I'm sorry, we're, we're, you're still like in the middle of it. No, yeah, just right there. Look at this. It says, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. He went off to a distant country and squandered his wealth in wild living. These guys look really wild, especially this guy right here. Okay, can y'all, can y'all party with him for a minute? Like, hey, you three too, you women right there. Can, no, no, I need you to stand up. We don't sit down, party. Stand up, stand up. Yeah, there we go. Party, party, party. Okay, let's do, like, she's really good at this. Okay, um, can you give some money? Like, there you go. All right, okay. So, so watch this. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I need you to see this. Do, do you believe that outside of the Father's house is a famine? Do you believe that only in the Father's house is plenty, that outside is a famine. Because as long as you believe that people can, can have joy and peace outside the Father's house, you're never gonna be motivated. You're never gonna have a broken heart for the lost. But if you actually understand what Yeshua said, is that outside of the Father's house, when you go to that distant land for a while living, you, there's just a famine and you begin to be in need. And watch what happens. It says, in the whole country. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. I think you know how pigs were thought of in this land. This is the bottom of the, the bottom of the bottom. I mean, this is this is demonized. This is awful. And you got to understand that that's the only thing the enemy wants to do to people. They're not having fun. You're not ruining their fun. Don't sit down yet. You're still in this. <laughs> you're, you're about to have your moment. <laughs> you're about to have your moment, but right now you're feeding pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now watch this. When he came to his senses, <laughs> that was good. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here I'm starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your servants. So he got up and went to his father. Whoa, 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 stop, stop, stop that. Slow. Okay. Okay, stop, 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 stop. But while, watch this, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Now, what does this tell you? Okay. This is how I would have been as a good, loving father. I would have been 
sitting here in my, like I have a study in my house and I have a big leather chair. And, and so I would have been sitting, you know, doing my business and going about my ministry. And, and I, I would have been waiting. And, and, and so the, the son, you know, if my son came home, now come, come on home, I, I would have had, yeah, I would have had one of my other kids go greet him and then take him to the door and then just knock on my door and I would have said, come in, son. And I would have let, I would have let my son come. I would have been like, good. He like understands what he's done. And then I would have said, hello, son, I've missed you. What have you learned from your mistakes? And I would have let him share probably half an hour of what he had learned. But do you notice that that is not how Yeshua paints the Father? Can you go back, go back? We need to make this dramatic. What it says is this. <laughs> Good, that's perfect. It says this, but while he was still a long way off, what does that mean? It means the Father never stopped looking. It means he was at the edge of his property. Can't you see this regal father? He's not in his desk. He's not in his leather chair. He is pacing because he has never stopped waiting. He's never stopped longing. He's never stopped watching. And then one day it says, while he was still a long way off, he saw him. And then what does it say next? He was filled with compassion for him. That word compassion means to suffer with. So oftentimes we think of the, the father as angry. He wants to smush. He wants to make them pay. He wants you to learn your lesson. But no, it means a ravished heart. It means a broken heart. But I just can't get over the next line of this because then it says this. He ran to his son. He ran. And I'm like, no. Like, God, please don't do that. Like, don't, don't humiliate yourself like that. Like, old regal men, they don't run. Have you, you ever watched? I love watching older men. They're like, they're so regal. Like, as a young guy, we're kind of like this, you know? And, and like an old regal man, he just, it's like he knows and he has authority. But this, this is like, this is like Gandalf picking up his robes for the little hobbit. And he's, my son, my son, right? And it says, what does it say? He wraps him up and then it says he kisses him. I mean, how, how, how amazing. Like, you're not, not going to ever like, I mean, that, that, that is, do you have, but no, no, you can't go yet. I will tell you. Do you have this many problems with this guy? Let me, let me just ask you, now, how, no matter how old you are in this room, is this your picture of the father with you? Like, do you see the father just, like, that's, that's what I do. I have these big, grown football player boys. And every night, I just wrap them up and I'm like, Dad, right? I'm like, I don't care what your linemen think and your receivers think and all your football player friends. Like, I'm gonna, I adore you. But it's not just you on a good day. It's you when you're at your worst 
This is the, the person who had just squandered the, the father's wealth with prostitutes. And he's just wrapping them up and kissing him. And then, then what does it say? It says this. The son says, I'll, 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 I'll set up and go back and, and I'll, 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 I'll explain to him. Then the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. The father didn't even listen to his lesson. It says, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring, bring the best robe, not a robe, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. He said, I'm gonna cover. I'm gonna cover your pain. I'm gonna cover. Don't, don't you want to see broken people, the prostitutes, the alcoholics, the drug dealers, the people in all kinds of gender confusion, the people that are blowing up their lives? Don't you wanna see the father just going, I cover you. You've been looking for identity, here you go. It's so much better than you ever dreamed. And then putting that ring on the finger and saying, I give you my authority immediately. You're not earning it, like I immediately. You're my kid, I give you authority. And then he puts a sandal on his foot. The sandals symbolized inheritance. He had already blown one inheritance. He goes, here's another one. Do you see the generosity of the father? Thank you so much. Let's give this guy a hand. Watch this. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. Now, before you're like, ah, older son, I want to tell you, I've had a lot of older son in me. Haven't you? When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Okay? Music and dancing in the kingdom. Music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Uh, your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he came back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So as, I love this. So his father went out and pleaded with him. I think God's pleading with a bunch of us to change our minds and to change our hearts but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeying your orders. Here's what I find. There's a lot of us followers that we just think life is slaving. And it's just, I'm just duty after duty and we're missing the partying God. That's why this is so important because it says... I've never disobeyed your orders yet. You never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Watch this. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. I mean, one of the things we gotta wake up to is just how good the father is and how much he wants to lavish on us because I just, I wanna tell you, you need to get lavished on because the more you get lavished on, the more it splashes off you. Like I'm from San Diego where we have SeaWorld and there's a place where Shamu, the big, the, the big orca, am I losing you? There's a, there's a big killer whale and it lands and they say the block off the first four rows because they're like, this is the splash zone. I wanna be a follower of Yeshua who has so much pouring out on me that there's a splash zone around me. And he says, everything I have, you are always with me and everything I have is yours, son. But watch this. But 
We had to celebrate and be glad. I want to challenge you in Scripture to look at how many times God says he has to do something. What does God say he has to do? Remember, I wanted to tell you that I was going to prove to you that he's a part in God. What's one of the only things that God says he has to do in Scripture? But we had to celebrate. Like, is that your view of the Father? He's like, hey, I have to celebrate. Like, you want to know who I am? I have to celebrate. I have to be glad. Because the brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He's lost and he is found. Let me finish with this last story. A handful of years ago, I was on the beach at a 40th party, 40th birthday party for one of my friends named Clay. And so all the, all the adults were in a circle and we're sitting around a bonfire and we're playing music and we're just enjoying things. And then all our kids are over to the side and we're, we're on a beach really all by ourselves. And so we're just enjoying things and we're encouraging Clay and we're singing songs. And all of a sudden, Clay stands up and says, where's Kyra? Where's, where's my four-year-old daughter? Or I think she was three. Where's Kyra? Now, the thing you have to understand about Kyra is she had really bad vision. So she had very thick glasses. She couldn't see well at all. We spread out quickly. We start looking for Kyra. Someone runs up to the bathroom facilities. Someone runs into the parking lot. We're running outside. And then I see a father doing something you never want to see in your life. Clay walks out in the water and starts going like this, combing the water to see if his daughter is drowned. Oh, so heart-wrenching. Time is going by and we're still not finding her. And finally, I see off in the distance a sand mound. It's probably 20 feet tall. And I realize if I get up there, I'll be able to see a very long way. So I run up, it's hard to run up a sand dune. I run up, I get to the top, and about 400 yards away, I see a tiny speck. And I think maybe that's her. So I take off sprinting. I don't know if you've tried to run in sand. I'm like <gasps> running. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer and closer. And I realize it is, it's a little girl. It's a little girl. And what had happened is Kyra had gotten turned around. Her vision was so bad that she got lost and she just started walking the wrong direction. And she had walked 400 yards. And by the time I get to her, I hear her bawling. And she's going, Daddy, 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 where are you? Hysterically. And I run up behind her. I gently put my hands on her shoulder. I turn around and I say, Kyra, it's Robert. I'm going to take you back to your daddy. Daddy, daddy. I'm like, it's okay. And I pick her up and I hold her. And then I start running back 400 yards in the sand with a baby or girl. <gasps> After about 300 yards, Clay sees me and he takes off running. I mean, this is straight out of a movie. And he runs up to me and his tears are pouring down. And he's going, Kyra, and she's going, Daddy, Daddy. And I put his lost child back into his arms. And he looks at me 
and he cries and he goes, thank you for giving me back my daughter. And I walked away and I was like, wow, that was intense. And I'm walking off and then I just feel the Lord speaking to me. There's nothing like returning a lost child into the arms of the father. I wanna tell you there's no greater joy. Some of you, who is not from here? Would you raise your hand? Um, all of you, you're gonna be hopping on planes. Many of you will be sitting next to a stranger and you don't want them there. You want the empty seat. But most of them are gonna be lost. And you know, we pray for divine appointments. I think every appointment's divine. Because I have the divine in me and they're an appointment. I'm flying over the, on the plane and here's, you don't, you're not hitting people over the head, you're just saying, can I pray for you? Can I bless you? That's what happened on the plane right over there. There was a woman sitting next to me and I just asked her how I could pray for her. Then I asked her, are you, are you sure you'll go to heaven when you die? Right then and there on the plane, she committed her life to Yeshua and she is weeping. And she's like, can I just hug you? This young woman from South Korea, just hugging me saying, thank you, thank you. I wanna tell you, I was overjoyed about putting a lost child back into the father's arm. You have an opportunity every day. You that live here, you're in the land with so many people. And the father's just saying, would you partner with me to put my lost children back into my arms? There's no greater joy. Would you stand up with me right now? Let's pray. Would you close your eyes? This is the most important time of the whole evening because this is where we let the Holy Spirit do work in our heart. Holy Spirit, just come minister all over this room. And in almost every room I'm ever in, I find that there's some people that are not 100% sure that they're adopted. They're not 100% sure that they would go to heaven when they die. And that's the very reason Yeshua sacrificed his life. It's not about being good enough. That's what the girl thought on the plane. She said, well, I, I don't know. I think I'm good enough. You know, no one can be good enough. But that's why Yeshua sacrificed his life. He died for you. He took your sins. It's a free gift, but you have to receive it. You have to receive it. The Bible says, that if you confess with your mouth that Yeshua is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We're saved by grace through faith. If you've never done that before or you're not 100% sure you're going to heaven, can I just pray with you right now so you can seal that, you can make sure that you have him in your heart. You can just pray this. If you need to, just pray this. Just whisper this right after me. Just say, Yeshua, I need you. I confess that I've sinned. I've broken God's heart. I can't save myself. 
I need your forgiveness. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Right now, I invite you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let me live for you. And when I die, let me go and be with you forever. Everyone closing their eyes right now, all over this room, if you are giving your life to Yeshua, or you're coming back to Him, I'm not gonna point you out, but I do wanna pray for you. If that's you, just boldly raise your hand right now, all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Who else? Just wave your hand at me right now. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? You're just saying, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful Father, we give you praise. We thank you for all these. They never have to question if they're saved again because they're confessing that you are their Lord. We celebrate their salvation. We celebrate you coming into their hearts and we celebrate that they'll be with us in paradise forever. I wanna pray for one more group before we end. And let me just tell you that prayed, please tell someone. It's not something to be ashamed of. They're gonna celebrate with you and they're gonna help you walk with Yeshua. Tonight, if you've been hearing this message and saying, I, I don't, I haven't had a broken heart for the lost, but I want that. I wanna carry God's heart for the lost. Would you raise your hand and keep it up? I wanna pray for you all over this room that are just saying, I wanna carry God's ravished heart for the lost. I wanna have Yeshua's heart. I want lost people to wanna be around me. If that's you, just raise your hand and put your other hand on your heart and I wanna pray for you right now. Father, you see all these precious friends. We want to carry your heart. We can't do it on our own. We can't conjure it up on our own. So fill us with your Holy Spirit. Break our hearts for the lost. Just say, break my heart for the lost. Say, break my heart for the lost. Send us out to invite people to your grand celebration. We ask in Yeshua's name. Amen. Pastor Chad, come on up.